Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'ana bima 'allamtana ve zidna ilmen nafi'a. Allahumme erinel hakka hakkan ve erzukna ittiba'a. Ve erinel batıla batılan varzukna içtinabe. Esselamu aleyküm ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. In this episode, inshallah, we will continue reading the addendum of the 27th word. And following this addendum, there are a few questions that were asked uh, to Ustad Nursi later on in his life. And he added them after the 27th word too. So if we have time, we will continue with those questions. And inshallah, in one, two, maybe three episodes, we should be able to finish the 27th word. The 27th word is about ijtihad, which we define as making utmost effort in order to come closest to God's will, what pleases God when we are faced with circumstances in life in which we have to make a decision, seeking what pleases God, which decision pleases God, of course based on the fundamental sources of religion, that is the scripture and the prophetic traditions, and also the interpretations of those who have uh, deliberated on the scripture and come up with conclusions before us. Sometimes this is translated as independent judgment. It is not really independent. It's a judgment that is built upon a foundation. And at that point, we use our independent reasoning in order to come closest to what pleases God in the particular circumstances that we are in. The main question of the treatise was, is ijtihad still possible in our time? And Ustad Nursi gave an elaborate answer to that. He said, yes, uh, the gates of ijtihad are open. It is possible to make ijtihad in theory. However, one has to have the necessary competence in order to go through that gate. And that is not possible in our time. Perhaps, theoretically, it is still possible, but we look around and we don't see the individual who has the competence, competence to go through that gate. And then following this, Ustad Nursi started a lengthy discussion of the importance and supremacy and the primacy of the companions of the Prophet in religion. And the connection there is that we learned our religion from the Prophet ﷺ through the companions. And therefore, they are an essential ring in the chain that connects us to God's will, what pleases God. And one of the uh, questions that Ustad Nursi was tackling here was, are the companions superior to everybody other than the prophets, of course, or are there, can there be individuals in the later generations who may be more virtuous than the companions? And this is based on some narrations and it has been a, it has been a, uh, a view that is held among some, among the, uh, the believers, uh, but it's a marginal view and it's a problematic view. And Ustad Nursi fleshes out for us why it is problematic and why we should have full confidence that full certainty that the companions, even the lowest of the companions in terms of rank and virtue is higher, more virtuous than everybody else other than the prophets. They were chosen, the companions were chosen. God created all souls, all spirits and chose the best among them to be the prophets and then the next best to be the companions of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And here Ustad Nursi is uh, detailing why the companions are more virtuous, why we cannot reach them. We went over two of the aspects of why we cannot reach them. Inshallah, now we will read the third aspect. 
we cannot reach the companions in virtue in in various respects and this is the third respect or the third aspect inshallah we will read üçüncü vece third aspect fazilet-i amal ve sevab-ı ef'al ve fazilet-i uhreviye cihetinde sahabelere yetişilmez the companions cannot be reached with regard to the virtuousness of deeds that is um fazilet-i amal the rewards for acts, that is sevab af'al, and the outpouring otherworldly benefits, that is fazilet uh, So in either of these respects, we cannot reach the companions. And if we um, go back quickly and uh, remind ourselves in which other respects we cannot reach the companions, the second aspect was the rank of the companions with regard to closeness to God or divine closeness cannot be reached with the steps of sainthood so if anybody after the companions will have a claim to being close to god that will be among the saints but Ustad Nursi there told us that no the rank of the companions cannot be reached by anybody including the saints the this is a different category of thing and the first aspect was the companions cannot be reached in ijtihad in their ability to do ijtihad in their successful effort in coming closer to God's will what pleases God in making those decisions we cannot reach them in their inference of rulings from the Quran and from from the prophetic traditions we cannot reach them so the third aspect that we are looking at here is again the companions cannot be reached with regard to the virtuousness of deeds the rewards for acts and the outpouring of otherworldly benefits Nobody out there can claim to have earned more spiritual rewards, more outpouring benefits than the companions. You may go ahead and spend all of your days uh, fasting and all of your nights standing in prayer and not have a single moment in which you are not in a state of remembrance, whether you are sleeping or awake, this may have descended to your heart and your heart might be doing dhikr of Allah, remembrance of Allah during your sleep and does not matter. It does not matter. The companions, even those among the companions who may not have been so strict on themselves and so serious about their worship and hardworking and so on and so forth, does not matter. Even the lowest of the companions has more to earn from the spiritual rewards, from the outpouring of otherworldly benefits than those who came after them. Why? This is the question we have and Ustad Nursi is going to explain it. Çünkü nasıl bir asker bazı şerait dahilinde mühim ve mahuf bir mevkide bir saat nöbette Bir sene ibadet kadar bir fazilet kazanabilir ve bir dakikada bir kurşunu yemekle en akal 40 günde ancak kazanılacak velayet derecesi gibi bir makama çıkıyor. Öyle de sahabelerin tesisi İslamiyet'te ve neşre ahkam Kur'aniye'de hizmetleri ve İslamiyet için bütün dünyaya ilanı harp etmeleri o kadar yüksektir ki bir dakikasına başkaları bir senede yetişemez. Long sentence, but inshallah we will try to understand it together. Because, so the question was, why can the companions not be reached with regard to their virtuousness of deeds, rewards that they acquire for their acts, and the outpouring otherworldly benefits that they acquire? Why? Because, in the way that a soldier who keeps guard for one hour under certain circumstances at an important and risky, even scary, scary position earns virtues equivalent to a year's worship and of course this is in the hadith we know from hadith that a soldier who is keeping guard for one hour but in a really important position and under that risk he can be shot at any time it is perhaps it is dark perhaps it is cold the soldier is facing death, the soldier is facing danger, but he's standing there, standing guard, so that, so that 
the rest of the community can sleep safe or something else can happen so that you know victory may come a soldier who keeps guard for one hour under certain circumstances at an important and risky scary position earns virtues equivalent to a year's worship if shot with a bullet if this soldier is like standing guard there and while standing guard he's shot with a bullet within a minute the, the time it, that it takes for him to be shot and for him to lose his life within a minute perhaps it may be seconds he rises to a rank of sainthood that could otherwise be attained at the minimum at the minimum in 40 days and that is again the minimum for you know it can be years it can never be attained maybe 40 years it may never be attained but he rises to a rank of sainthood in one minute in perhaps a few seconds that can be attained at the minimum in 40 days in the same way in the way that a soldier can attain so much virtue so much reward so much otherworldly benefits within an hour or even within a minute in the same way the service of the companions in the establishment of islam and in the propagation of the rulings of the quran as well as their declaration of war on the entire world for the sake of islam is so high that others cannot reach one minute's worth of that in a whole year we need to think about it the prophet وسلم, received revelation started to receive revelation when he was in mecca for a couple of years three years he did not even make this public he secretly propagated his his messengerhood and the message of tawhid uh, monotheism and then after the after Omar radiallahu anh joined the companions and the prophet وسلم, among the first the usually we say 40 uh, believers uh, the Prophet وسلم, received the revelation, received the permission to make his message public too. But then what happened? A few believers, 40, 100, 200, a few believers and the entire world, they were alone in the entire world to carry this message of monotheism. There was nobody else who would be supporting them. And this went on for years about 13 years they were tortured they were tormented they were exiled they were excluded from society they were denied provision they they suffered everything but they were firm and then when the prophet went to medina it was now this relatively larger community but still much smaller when you compare to the rest of the world when they heard that the byzantine army was going to attack the believers which later did not materialize but when they learned that the byzantine army was going to attack them they all mobilized and they walked on the byzantine army they would face armies 10 times larger than themselves without hesitation and god would help them god would help them but what they were seeing was an army of let's say a hundred thousand soldiers while they had they had a power of let's say ten thousand that is what they were seeing in the material world in the visible realm that we all live in who can stand firm stay firm on the course under those circumstances if their faith was not so strong that they were able to see through what is apparent see through what is apparent and see the divine assistance behind it that requires certainty that requires strong faith they had that faith and therefore they were able to stand there and they stood guard at the beginning of this whole enterprise that became islam that became a religion a world religion not that now has over a billion and a half followers that was the religion of the strongest community around the world for many centuries that was not there for them to see all they saw was 40 
men, women, and children, 200 men, women, and children, a couple of thousand men, women, and children, at the most, 120,000 men, women, and children who were standing guard at the beginning of this whole enterprise so that the enterprise would succeed. They were there. We were not. They have the reward of standing guard at that risky time. At that risky time of success or failure. Yes, the success of the Prophet ﷺ was destined. As everything that happened was destined. But they were there seeing the 100,000 Byzantine soldiers. They were not there seeing destiny, at least not with the physical eyes that they had. They were seeing it with the inner sight of their faith. And that is their superiority. That is what makes them superior. Hatta denilebilir ki, bütün dakikaları o hizmeti kudsiyede, o şehit olan neferin dakikası gibidir. It can even be said that each one of their minutes, each one of the minutes of the companions in that sacred service, protecting the Prophet sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem, carrying his message, becoming his messengers, building this community, step by step, brick by brick, individual by individual, word by word, building this community, in the sacred service, each one of their minutes in that sacred service is like the minute of that martyred soldier. Umar radiallahu an, let's take the 10 years that he was Muslim and calculate how many minutes are there in those 10 years each one of those minutes Abu Bakr radiallahu Ali radiallahu each one of the minutes that they lived because of the significance and riskiness of the position that they were in can be considered as the minute of that soldier that was martyred while standing guard in that risky and significant position protecting and building. Bütün saatleri müthiş bir makamda bir saat nöbet tutan fedakar bir neferin nöbeti gibidir ki amel az, ücreti çok, kıymeti yüksektir. Each one of their hours is like the guard duty of that self-sacrificing soldier who keeps guard for an hour at a dreadful position. The deed is little. In appearance, on the face of it, it may look like he is doing little. He is just standing there for an hour. The deed is little, but on the face of it, in reality, it has tremendous consequences. The deed is little, its compensation is high, and its value is precious. Its compens compensation is high because it brings precious value. Evet, sahabeler madem İslamiyet'in tesisinde ve Envar-ı Kur'aniye'nin neşrinde saf ve evvel teşkil ediyorlar, as-sebebu kel-fa'il sırrınca bütün ümmetin hasenatından onlara hisse çıkar. Yes, since the companions constitute the first line in the establishment of Islam and the propagation of the lights of the Quran, a share goes to them from the good deeds of the entire ummah, believers, in accordance with the secret of as-sababu kal-fa'il. And this is a you know, principle, it means the one who causes is like the one who does. The one who causes something to be done, but he does not do himself, but he assists, makes possible something to be done, is like the one who does it. We don't emphasize this principle enough in our daily lives. Perhaps except for the negative aspect of it, in the sense that if somebody commits a crime, we accuse those who make it possible for them to commit the crime intentionally too. But for good things too. Those who assist, who make the good thing, good deed possible, 
have a share in it they are like those who made it i may not be able to um, study let's put it this way i may not be able to study the sacred sciences of islam which is fard kifaya for the community some among the community have to study them have to preserve tafsir fiqh aqaid kalam usul tafsir usul fiqh hadith so on so forth some among the muslim ummah have to have to study these sciences and preserve them and improve them perhaps i don't have the necessary intelligence perhaps i don't have the necessary time perhaps i don't have the necessary health and so on and so forth and therefore i cannot do it but but if i have the means let's say i'm i'm better off financially if i support somebody to go and study at a place where this is possible i have a reward for it i don't become a scholar but i have a reward in accordance with my ikhlas in accordance with the sincerity and purity of my intention i have a reward for it so the one who causes is like the one who does if i taught someone how to pray i have a share from the prayers of that person as long as he or she lives and prays this is also behind the notion of sadaqajariya this lasting charity right if i build a mosque or if i contribute to the construction of a mosque i have a share in it as long as the mosque is there and people are praying in it i keep receiving receiving right so as now who made it possible for all of us to be believers today who is at the beginning of this chain of relations the companions and before them of course the prophet وسلم, and this is a part of the greatness of his metaphysical his metaphysical personality but the same applies to the companions who taught us how to pray who taught us how to fast who taught us how to perform hajj who taught us how to pay zakat how to pay um, obligatory alms who taught us our religion who took it from the prophet and conveyed to us against all odds it is the companions and therefore now when we pray when we fast when we pay obligatory alms when we perform the hajj when we live our religion when who taught us how to remember god when when we do dhikr the companions have a share in that because they taught or because they assisted the establishment of this religion with their numbers with their financial support with their spiritual moral support with their very presence some of them may be getting more because they directly conveyed like abu huraira we received so many prophetic traditions from him like aisha radiallahu anha we, we received so many prophetic traditions from her but the others who whose names that we don't know they also have a share in it because they were there they were present they were supporting they were making this whole thing possible ummetin allahumma salli ala sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi demesiyle sahabelerin bütün ümmetin hasenatından hissedarlıklarını gösteriyor that the members of the ummah say and ummah of course the community of believers community of believers of prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam we are the ummah community of believers of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and each prophet will have their ummah that the members of the ummah say allahumma salli ala sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabi oh god send your blessings on our master muhammad Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad and this part you know we are sending blessings to the prophets prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam but then we usually follow that by saying wa ala alihi wa ashabihi and on his family and his companions so we make dua we make supplications we pray for the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we attach his family and his companions to that this 
shows that the companions have a share from the good deeds of the entire ummah so this is something that's acknowledged by the entire ummah and that is asked for from god by the entire ummah so this was one aspect one example of why we cannot reach the companions with regard to the uh, virtuousness of deeds the spiritual rewards for acts and outpouring benefits of the hereafter and Ustad Nursi will give us some more examples that are, that's going to help us understand it even better help us understand what is going on even better hem nasıl ki bir ağacın kökündeki küçük bir meziyet ağacın dallarında büyük bir suret alır büyük bir daldan daha büyüktür moreover in the way that a small merit on the roots of a tree acquires a big image on its branches that it is bigger than a big branch let's think about it let's think about an apple tree apples have many many uh, different there are many different sorts of apples let's think that this is an a red crispy sturdy and really delicious juicy apple before the apple tree was there it was a seed and it was a little sapling its roots were there so at that stage when it was a seed when it was a little shoot coming out of the earth or even before it came out of the earth that this this carried the qualities of the properties of a red delicious crispy juicy sturdy apple was there it was written in its genes but when it grew that little information that one has to read with a microscope or perhaps even have other techniques in order to decipher and we may not even be able to decipher that kind of information at this point but it was there that small tiny almost invisible information as the tree grows becomes a part of the visible reality of the tree and it becomes a huge thing that characterizes this tree for us so at the beginning it was small something that is small at the beginning of a development as that thing grows and develops has huge ramifications in the final product this is another example hem nasıl ki mebdede küçük bir irtifa gittikçe bir yekun teşkil eder moreover another example a little elevation at the beginning of a trajectory amounts to a big elevation as it continues think of it think of a um, flying object that's flying on a, a straight trajectory if this has an angle of one degree elevation at the beginning as it keeps going going on and on and on after many miles many kilometers it's going to be way high in the atmosphere at the beginning it was just one degree and perhaps that one degree amounted to depending on the size of this object a centimeter to a meter a few feet but as it flew miles away it now reached an elevation of thousands of meters hem nasıl ki noktayı merkeziyeye yakın bir iğne ucu kadar bir ziyadelik daire-i muhita da bazen bir metre kadar ziyadeye mukabil geliyor another example a small excess as big as the tip of a pin close to the center of a disk sometimes reaches a meter on the outer circle so this is a very similar idea as as the trajectory right think of a circle think of an angle think of a very small angle perhaps a tenth of a degree at the beginning but there is this uh, parting of ways between the two lines that that are originating from the center of the disk right there is this parting of ways that's a minuscule small angle at the beginning but as they reach the circle the outer circle the circumference the distance between the two lines trajectories can amount to a meter can amount to even bigger that's why when we try to identify the direction of the qibla the direction that we are going to pray we try to be so precise because a little bit of error and of course there are dispensations about this we are responsible for what we can 
possibly do, but we need to make our utmost. We need to do ijtihad uh, for this, right? We need to do ijtihad in order to find the couplet. So there, there is still room uh, to do ijtihad. We need to uh, do our utmost in order to find that direction. But the slightest movement away from that exact direction, by the time we reach the Qubla, we may end up in Yemen or you know, some, somewhere else in Damascus, right? So that's why we try to be uh, very precise and careful when we identify the direction of the Qubla. We are, if you think of ourselves at this, as the center of that circle, a little bit of diversion from the straight path that goes by the end can become big and that's why also uh, in a metaphysical metaphorical sense too we try to stay on the straight path as much as possible aynen şu dört misal gibi sahabeler İslamiyet'in şecere-i nuraniyesinin köklerinden esaslarından oldukları hem binayı İslamiyet'in hutut-u nuraniyesinin mebdeinde hem cemaat-i İslamiyet'in imamlarından ve adetlerinin evvellerinde hem şems-i nübüvvet ve sirac-i hakikatin merkezine yakın olduklarından az emelleri çoktur, küçük hizmetleri büyüktür, onlara yetişmek için hakiki sahabe olmak lazım geliyor. Just as it is in these four examples, and four examples, the first example was uh, the example of a soldier, the second, uh, the roots of a tree, the third, the uh, beginning of a trajectory, the elevation of the beginning of a trajectory, and the fourth, the diversion from a trajectory that originates from the center of a circle. Just as it is in these four examples, because the companions are among the roots and foundations of Islam's luminous tree, if you think of Islam as a luminous tree, right there at the, at the roots, they're at the foundations. They are the ones who preserve that information in its germinal stage, in that seed. Whatever good that we have now is an expression of that information that they preserved in that seed. They are among the roots and foundations of Islam's luminous tree. Because they were at the beginning of the lines that designated Islam's edifice. So if you think of this as a palace, a beautiful, massive, magnificent palace. Somebody, an architect, drew the lines that the engineers used in order to build it. If that architect make a little error as he was drawing the lines, that error would become a big crookedness on the palace. And we look and we see that it's, it's not crooked. They drew the line so well. The companions as the architects of this religion, they drew the line so well, following, of course, the master architect, the Prophet And because they were among the Imams and the first among the multitudes of Islam, they are the Imams, right? We follow them. We follow them. And they are the ones who started this multitude. We, we talk about a billion and a half Muslims today, but it all started with one. The Prophet ﷺ went to Abu Bakr and said, I am the messenger of God. And Abu Bakr said, Amen to. I believed. He went to uh, his wife Khadija anha. Actually, he went to Khadija anha first and said, God revealed to me. And she said, Amantu. He went to Ali anha and said, I am the messenger. And he said, let me check with my father. But the next day he came and said, well, God did not ask my father while creating me. Why should I check with my father to believe in him? He said, Amantu. The Prophet wasallam went to his, at that time, his, uh, his, uh, Adopted son, of course, this was changed through revelation, uh, Zaid radiallahu and said, I am the Prophet. And he said, Amen to. Then it became 10, then it became 40, then it became 100, then it became 1,000, then it became 10,000, then it became 124,000, according to some narrations. 
but they were the ones at the beginning they they if it were not for them we would not be here and of course it is all by god's power but in terms of who acquires what they are the ones who acquired that virtue first and they are the ones on whom the secret of the one who causes is like the one who does appears this secret appears on them because they were close to the center of the son of prophethood the prophet and the lantern of truth the quran and the prophet their few deeds are many and small services are big their apparently few deeds are many because they're at the center of that circle it may look small there but by the time you reach this point it is big and their small services are big to reach them one truly has to be a companion you want to reach them there's only only one way you have to truly be a companion and that's not possible then what what what falls on us then well it falls upon us to to acknowledge their place and to follow them to follow on their footsteps it falls upon us to love them to respect their position to respect them it falls upon us to pray for them it falls upon us to try to imitate them it falls upon us to yearn for them it falls upon us to meet them by the pool by the haud by the pool of kawthar that's going to be given to the prophet it falls upon us to yearn to meet them in the jannah and the only way to do that is to follow them it is the prophet who opened the broad highway to jannah and it is the companions who showed us the way to stay straight on the path on that highway they are the ones who showed us how to walk on that highway and there are many ways to walk on it and their diversity helps us appreciate the multitude the diversity of ways to walk on it and also it helps the diversity in the community there are many different people with many different characters in the community and they each can find a guide among the companions and the Ustad Nursi here finishes with a beautiful salawat that emphasizes this point even better he says Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin alladhi qala O God send your blessings on our master Muhammad who said and here he quotes a hadith Ashabi kan nujumi bi ayyihim iqtadaytum ihtadaytum my companions are like stars whichever one of them you follow you find guidance and again another hadith that Ustad Nursi quotes in the Salawat the best of the times the best of the centuries or epochs or eras or times is my time the time of the Prophet and the best of the people are the ones who lived in that time as believers. And on his family and on his companions and send greetings of peace on them. Let's read this from the beginning. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin alladhi qala ashabi kan nujumi bi Oh God, send your blessings on our master Prophet Muhammad who said, My companions are like stars, whichever one among them you follow, you find guidance, and the best of times is my time. And on his family and on his companions, and send your greetings of peace on them. Subhanaka la ilmalana illa ma'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim. 
glory be unto you we do not have any knowledge other than that that you have taught us and you are the all-knower the all-wise this is the end of the the letter all of this the addendum of the 27th word that we have been reading is a letter that Ustad Nursi writes at some point to one of his uh, students upon being asked a question and he ends the letter by saying and of course this is the way that we finish all of our lessons but we have not come to the end of the lesson yet we, we read it because it is here inshallah I think we can do one of the questions at least we can uh, try so let's do that Sual, question. Deniliyor ki, sahabeler Resul-i Ekrem aleyhissalatu vesselamu gördüler, sonra iman ettiler. Biz ise görmeden iman ettik. Öyle ise imanımız daha kavidir. Hem kuvvet imanımıza delalet eden rivayet var. So, question. It is said that the companions first saw the noble messenger and then believed. We believe without seeing. In that case, our faith is stronger. Moreover, there are narrations that indicate the strength of our faith too. So on the face of it, this may sound like a legitimate question. The companions saw the Prophet ﷺ, and he was beautiful, he was virtuous, and those who came after believed in him without seeing him. So should there be a benefit in this? And also there are narrations that indicate this. One of them is that in, in one uh, hadith, the Prophet ﷺ tells to his companions, you are my companions and my brothers are those who believe in me without seeing me. So he talks about, the Prophet ﷺ talks about his brothers. He refers to some individuals who will come in the future uh, after the time that he lived and believe in him without seeing him and he praises them he he indicates that he is yearning for them and there are other uh, transmissions not hadith but from the companions that also point to this notion that one who believes without seeing the prophet there's a virtue in that and yes there is a virtue in that we are not denying that there is a virtue in believing the prophet وسلم, whether you see it see him or or not see him and there's a specific type of virtue in believing in him by seeing him and there's a specific type of virtue in believing him in him without seeing him but if we take this and we try to infer from it that we may be superior to the companions that is where we start to um, falter that's where we start to make a mistake and that's a big mistake because we already established that the companions are superior so sometimes what really helps is that we understand the fundamentals the primacy the superiority the um, the virtue of the companions is first and foremost we establish that we don't need to keep going back and and again and again questioning this if we have a, a question like this we start by saying hasha we take refuge in god from the evil of our souls we cannot be so arrogant to claim that we can possibly be superior than the companions radiallahu anhum on whom may God be pleased with all of them then we need to interpret and understand what this actually means so Al-Jawab answer Sahabeler o zamanda efkar-ı âmi-i alem hakaik-i islamiyeye muarız ve muhalif iken Sahabeler yalnız suret-i insaniyede Resul-i Ekrem aleyhissalatu vesselamı görüp bazen mucizesiz olarak öyle bir iman getirmişler ki bütün efkar-ı âmi-i alem onların imanlarını sarsmıyordu now in the question the uh, person who asked the question talked about the strength of faith so the claim for superior virtue was with regard to the strength of faith because we believe we don't we did not see him answer at that time when the opinions of everyone in the world were hostile and in opposition to the truths of islam so imagine the context in which islam came 
For instance, imagine um, Salman Farisi. He is raised as this boy who is dedicated to the temple to guard the fire and his father is there uh, you know dedicating him his entire life until the point when he escapes he he is raised to believe in the fire being god and his heart is so pure that it just does not sit with him and he escapes his entire community he defies his entire community and he keeps searching and searching and searching again at the beginning imagine the believers in mecca imagine the um, family of yasir who were martyred imagine uh, bilal who is being tormented and tortured all they want from him is to say you know i don't believe in what muhammad says he is laid down on the hot sand and rocks hot rocks are being placed on his chest and all he says is ahad ahad he is the single one he is the single one he can he doesn't even have the power left in him to say la ilaha illallah he says ahad ahad when the entire world the opinions of the entire world were against them and that has a that has a big influence on people you it, it is difficult to make a claim against the established views of everybody that you are speaking to imagine yourself standing in front of a um i don't know let's say a an apple tree we started with the apple tree today imagine yourself standing in front of an apple tree that has apples showing on it right and you look and you see that it is apple but for some reason the crowd that has gathered there with you about ten thousand people they all think that this is an orange tree it's very difficult to tell them and imagine that this is something that everybody is committed to it's not just a frivolous claim about what it is but something that has a value attached to this it is going to be very difficult to stand there and keep consistently claiming that this is an apple tree even though 10,000 people keep saying that, no, this is an orange tree. The entire world was idolatrous. The entire world was lost, living in darkness and had lost monotheism. And there are these few individuals who are standing firm there against the hostile and oppositional opinions of everyone in the world. They are standing firm on the truths of Islam at that time when the opinions of everyone in the world were hostile and in opposition to the truths of islam the companion saw the noble messenger only in his human form this is another thing some of them witnessed his miracles but we are talking about 124,000, according to some narrations again people who became companions of the prophet they did not all see his miracles they saw him in his human form standing perhaps on top of a hill delivering a sermon but but when the entire world was against them and hostile and many of them they only saw him in his human form they had such a faith sometimes without seeing the miracles that he had that the opinions of the entire world could not shake their faith many of these companions came to the prophet met him for a couple of hours maybe two days three days and then went back to their tribes and the tribes were such close-knit communities that the opinions of the the elders of the tribes the overall opinion of the tribe was such a big influence of on individuals some of them went to the prophet individually believed in him took the shahada took the testimony of faith and went back to their communities and claimed monotheism and the messengership of the Prophet among their communities despite the oppositional and hostile opinions of their communities that was their world that was like the world but their faith was so strong that it was not shaken 
it was not shaken. Şüphe değil, bazısına vesvese de vermezdi. That the entire world had a different opinion would not would not give them would not cause them to have obsessive thoughts and the word here is waswasa let alone doubts they would not doubt their faith was not shaken now obsessive thought or waswasa is what the satan does you sit somewhere and you are reading let's say a a, a work of aqidah something that tells you the details of what we believe the tenets of our faith and then satan comes and starts whispering things into your ear it does not take root in your heart it it does not uh, convince you but it, it contradicts what you are reading and it keeps coming in your you hear it from that faculty of your heart that is open to hearing the whisperings of satan right this is not a doubt yet you, you don't engage it at the level at which you might possibly be appropriating it but the companions had such faith that that the entire world had hostile and oppositional views did not even allow the satan whisper these obsessive thoughts into their ears let alone let alone that they would have doubts about the about the uh, prophethood of the prophet وسلم, oneness of god right they, their faith was so strong sizler iseniz kendi imanınızı sahabelerin imanlarıyla muvazene ediyorsunuz as for you now let's come to you because you asked the, you asked this question right as for you you are now comparing your faith with that of the companions how dare you and this is this is implied in the question Ustad Nursi doesn't say how dare you but this is implied that how dare you you are comparing your faith with that of the companions first understand what they were and how they were and then your question will become meaningless but since you asked let me give you an answer. Bütün efkar-ı amme-i İslamiye, imanınıza kuvvet ve senet olduğu halde, Resul-i Ekrem aleyhissalatu vesselamın şecere-i tuğba-i nübüvvetinin çekirdeği olan beşeriyeti ve sureti cismaniyesini değil, belki umum envar-ı İslamiye ve hakaik-i Kur'aniye ile nurani, muhteşem, şahs-ı manevisini, bin mucizat ile muhat olarak akıl gözüyle gördüğünüz halde, bir Avrupa filozofunun sözüyle vesveseye ve şüpheye düşen imanınız nerede? So this is a this is a um, you know, strong statement and question. While the opinions of the general Muslim community is a source of strength and support for your faith, you are not alone. The way those companions were alone in the world, there are a billion and a half other people believing in the same thing as you are. And there have been millions and millions, perhaps billions of other believers who have done so in the past 1400 years. And their opinions is giving strength and support to your faith. While this is the case, and while with the eye of the intellect and thanks to the luminous lights of Islam and the truths of the Quran, all together, as opposed to the noble prophets, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, physical form and human nature which constituted the seed of the tuba tree of his prophethood you are seeing his luminous and magnificent metaphysical personality surrounded by a thousand miracles let's try to understand it a little bit better when we think about the prophet وسلم, we do not see him with our physical eyes and for, for some some of us that may also be possible may we see him with our physical eyes in a wake state but for most of us for the overwhelming majority of us that's not the case we do not see him we do not see his physical form with our eyes but with the sight inner sight of our hearts and with our intellects we see that is we comprehend we learn about and comprehend his metaphysical personality and what is that everything that is truly associated with the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is included in that and that includes 
the miracles that we know the companions they may have heard of the miracles but one or two miracles because nobody compiled this the the, the miracles for them but now we have books in which more than a thousand miracles are listed we know about that now we have the quran the companions heard a, a part of the quran but many of them did not hear the entire quran and they believed without hearing before hearing the entire quran they heard a few words a few sentences a few verses and believed but now we have the entire quran and that's the greatest miracle or perhaps the um, the greatest miracle of the prophet sallallahu is the prophet sallallahu that's a nice way to put it that ustad nursi uh, provides the general confession is that the quran is the, the greatest miracle of the prophet but ustad nursi says that the greatest miracle of the prophet is the prophet and the quran it is not a matter of you know competition between the two it's just a nice thing to uh, put out there we now see the Quran as the miracle of the Prophet ﷺ. We now see how the rulings, how the wisdoms that the Prophet ﷺ gave us grew and developed and became this luminous tree of Islam. The civilization of Islam, the history of Islam, the luminous characters of the the uh, the Muslim Ummah, like people like Abdul Qadir Jilani or Gailani, Imam Rabbani, Imam Ghazali, many others, many others, Ustad Nursi. We see these luminous persons as the fruits of that tree. It's like a tuba tree, and you know? a tuba tree is, of course, a, a, a tree that's mentioned in the prophetic uh, traditions a tree that that would that's that would be so big that one would have to go on on horseback for 500 years and still not be able to finish the shade so this what we see with the sight of our intellect is this tremendous tree of islam the miracles the luminous metaphysical personality of the prophet okay we do not see his physical person but we see his metaphysical personality surrounded by a thousand miracles while this is the case Ustad Nursi says where is your faith that becomes afflicted by doubts and obsessions upon hearing the words of a European philosopher so take this where is your faith like assess the strength of your faith that is that becomes afflicted by doubts and obsessions upon hearing the words of a European philosopher and Ustad Nursi is writing this in the early 20th century positivism is all around but think of the uh, you know Darwinism some scientists some physicist comes out and says about say something about the the uh the beginning of the universe uh, stephen hawking said a, a few years back he said if the positive and negative energies in the universe is equal to one another it is possible for uh the the big bang to repeat itself and this being a ch chain of uh universes uh, coming into existence growing and then uh exploding or imploding and then coming to ex existence again and so on and so forth think of it first like if the positive and negative energies are e equal to one another how do we know whether it's equal or not but it's such a delicate balance that has to be there why should we go there why should we go there but there are people out there who are going to be affected by this why because faith is not strong at the beginning if the faith is not strong at the beginning place something like this some statement like this is going to cast doubts and there are many ways that uh, the the satan has inspired uh, his companions among the people to come up with questions and arguments that's going to cast doubts in people's minds right so where is where is your your faith where is the strength of your faith that is afflicted by doubts and obsessions upon hearing the words of a European philosopher.
bütün alemi küfrün ve Nasara ve Yehud'un ve filozofların hücumlarına karşı sarsılmayan sahabelerin imanları nerede? And then, where was the faith of the companions that did not shake in the face of the attacks of the entire world of disbelief? The Christians, the Jews and the philosophers. You hear one thing? Your faith is shaken. Their faith was not shaken in the face of the attacks of the entire world of disbelief. The Christians, the Jews, the philosophers, the Manichaeists, the, the Buddhists, whatever. Whoever they came across as Islam was expanding and these companions who learned from the Prophet ﷺ were engaging the entire world. Whoever they met, whatever they heard, their faith was not shaken. They had all the answers. Where is their faith? Where is your faith? And where is their faith? Hem sahabelerin kuvveti imanlarını gösteren ve imanlarının tereşühatı olan şiddeti takvaları ve kemali salahatları nerede? And this is a very important question too. Moreover, where is the intensity of the God consciousness, takva? Where is the takva of the companions and the perfection of their righteousness, which indicated the strength of their faith and was a symptom of it? So we know about the companions. They had, they were at the pinnacles in terms of their taqwa and righteousness. They were so careful. They were so conscious about God watching over them. And they were so eager to please Him. Their hearts were so pure in terms of following what pleases God. And this indicates the strength of their faith. If you don't have strong faith, why would you why why would you um walk into the desert with the Prophet when you know that you are going to face all these troubles? You are going to become thirsty, you will run out of water, you will meet the enemy. Why do it? If you don't have faith, if you are not certain of this reward and assistance that is beyond and behind the veil of the visible realm. Their taqwa, God consciousness, and their righteousness is an indication and also a symptom of the strength of their faith. So where is their faith? And ey müddei senin şiddeti zaafından Feraizi tamamıyla senden göstermeyen sönük imanın nerede? And, oh the claimant, where is your faint faith that, as a result of the intensity of its weakness, does not cause the obligatory acts of religion as faraid to show completely on you, to appear completely on you? i.e. does not give you enough incentive to perform the obligatory acts of religion completely. This is a very serious and important point we have people out there believers who talk loosely about the, the companions sometimes even the prophet وسلم, when they speak you can see feel that there is no respect there is no commitment but if you listen to what they are saying you would think that they are the best of creation and they are the ones who have the strongest faith. And they are the ones who are living Islam in the best way. But this is a measure. Faraid, the obligatory acts of religion. If you are sitting there and talking to me about the virtues of faith and Islam and how this is beautiful and good and so on and so forth and giving the impression that you are the one who is best among all believers, perhaps you are next to the Prophet ﷺ in appearance, but you are not praying your prayer when the time comes and letting it pass. Perhaps you have not prayed once in the past month. Perhaps if you are missing your fasts in Ramadan. Perhaps if you are not paying your obligatory alms. This is a measure. This is a measure. 
That what that means is that Satan is approaching you from the right side and tricking you. And you are tricking us. We have a measure. And we measure you according to the measure that we are given. If you are praying your obligatory prayers, if you are serious about what is obligated upon you by the, the God that, that you are giving the impression that you believe in and you know about, then follow him. Follow him. Perform what he obligated upon you and abstain from what he forbade you from doing. That is the measure. Amma hadiste varid olan ki ahir zamanda beni görmeyen ve iman getiren daha ziyade makbuldür mealindeki rivayet hususi fazilete dairdir. Has bazı eşhas hakkındadır. Bahsimiz ise fazileti külliye ve ekseriyet itibariyledir. As for what has reached us in the hadith narration, which may be conveyed roughly as at the end of times one who does not see me yet has faith in me is preferable. This is not the exact wording of the hadith, but this is what might be understood from the hadith. At the end of times, one who does not see me yet has faith in me is preferable. So what about that? That is in the narration and that needs to be reconciled what we just learned. Ustad Nursi says, that is about particular virtue and he went over this earlier in the 27th word. That is about particular virtue, not about general virtue. That person may be preferable with regard to a type and aspect of his faith to the companions but we talk, when we talk about faith in general, not a particular aspect of faith, but the strength of faith in general, or the virtue in general, or the spiritual rewards in general, or the outpouring of otherworldly benefits in general, then the companions are superior. Excuse me, this is something particular, don't confuse it. Don't confuse the particular with the general. That is about a particular virtue. It is about some individual persons, particular individuals, particular virtues of particular individuals. Our discussion is about general virtue and it is about the majority. That's what we are talking about. When we look from that point of view, the companions are superior and that is the principle, that is the foundational position that we have to build our opinions on period subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir da'wahum anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin al fatiha